Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy nation and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. May this service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. The Book of Matthew 5:45 and 48 that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called, Called to Perfection. This commandment is the inheritance of the saints of all times and generations, and the commandment is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of a person that is sent by God have never had any part to the inheritance that is contained in this commandment, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to, because to be called to perfection is a command, a requirement, when it says that you may be, it is given in a commanding format. This uh, word was used when God created the world from invisible to visible. This was in his thoughts. This program was formed. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, waiting, trembling and waiting, desiring that the Father speak his thought that the Holy Spirit then can take and fulfill. The Holy Spirit does not fulfill the thoughts of the Father, but the words of the Father. The thoughts are in a mystery, and until the Lord or God speaks them, the Holy Spirit has no right to do them. But as soon as they come out of God's mouth, the Holy Spirit immediately is active or act, is activated. But until this time, he is vigilant, he is constantly trembling to hear what God will say. And with his trembling, with his reverence, with his waiting, 
he brings forth these words because if there's no reverent waiting so that the Lord speak, the Lord will not speak. And that is why the scriptures say, those who thirst come to the waters. When there's thirst and reverence before God to listen to his word, when a person has prepared himself, he's prepared himself to listen to the word and not come to church as an inspector, but as a student, then the Holy Spirit will be with him and will give him the ability to understand this word and close himself into this word as it relates to fulfilling this commanding order to be vigilant over the word of God within our heart as God is vigilant over his spoken word within the temple of our body and God is vigilant over his word only within the temple of our body his word is addressed to his students and this word needs to come into our heart that is born from God that is cleansed from dead works and if our heart is not cleansed from dead works then it is not ready to receive the preached word the seed of the word about the kingdom of heaven and so we need to understand this very clearly that God is vigilant only over that word that is in the good soil of our heart and it is imprinted there we have accepted it in the form of seed and together with this seed so that the seed can bear fruit we die by the law for the law in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and in doing so we die for our nation the house of our father and for our destructive way of life and then we rise in a new form and when we rise in a new form then God begins to fulfill the word that he is vigilant over because in a new form we also begin to be vigilant and a collaboration begins collaboration between ourselves the word uh, the word being vigilant over the word that is in our heart and God being vigilant over the word that's in our heart we stop to study the unique question with specific goals does the righteousness of God pursue that we are collaborating with within our heart <clears throat> the righteousness of God is the truth of the preached word that we have concealed in our heart in the good soil of our heart and in part we've been studying the purpose of the righteousness of God within our heart received by us in the two broken tablets of the covenant where we in the death of our Lord Jesus died by the law for the law so that in new tablets of the covenant symbolizing the resurrection of Christ we can receive justification so that we can live for the one that died for us and resurrected as it is written God was raised up or God had raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification Romans 4 24-25 and so being washed with the blood of Christ allows us and that's in the death uh, we're able to be delivered from sin in the resurrection we can receive justification we can't receive in the death of the Lord Jesus justification because in the death sin is trampled upon it is eliminated destroyed and when sin is destroyed then can righteousness come when sin the old man is removed from us then are we able to rise together with the dead one and rule and justification comes and so 
we need to understand that justification is in the teaching about the resurrection of the dead. So we can obtain then confirmation of our salvation in new tablets of the covenant. Confirmation happens in justification that we receive in the resurrection, in the teaching of the resurrection in the new tablets of the covenant that symbolize the resurrection of Christ. So we can provide God with proper grounds to give us the promise to be heirs of peace, not by the past law, but by the righteousness of faith, like how he gave this promise to Abraham or to his seed. The promise of peace is the unsearchable inheritance of Christ, the unsearchable inheritance, the pure and undefiled that has been kept for us in heaven and that will is simultaneously being kept also in our heart. The heavens can't be opened up or can't open up this mystery, this truth in the last days unless it's also in our heart. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, Romans 4.13. Therefore, the covenant of peace in the heart of warriors and prayer is the result of the obedience of his faith to the faith of God that is spoken by his messengers. And so the obedience of our faith to God's faith is determines our, cov- our covenant of peace. And so faith is information coming from the Word of God. This is not emotions or feelings. This is not what I want or what I may uh, suspect. This is information. And not just any information. This is information that is in a program. And this program that carries or bears the resurrection of Christ, eternal life of God, I am obedient to this program. And so God's faith is the general. My faith is the is the soldier. My faith is obedience to the spoken word, the information that comes from the preached word. Therefore, by what signs do we examine ourselves that the peace of God rules within our heart, which identifies us as the sons of God and as the most holy of God? If there's no peace in the heart, there will not be peace in the heart if we can't examine ourselves as to whether we are sons of God. And so how can a person be saved if in his heart he has no peace? If this peace can be broken with any anything that happens in his life, he loses something, he, he gains or obtains something. When a person obtains or gains something, he can lose also God's peace. Also, if he loses some something materialistic, he can lose God's peace. How is this? That he then loses what he didn't have. And so a person will then, what he thought he had, he will realize he never had it. It's like I showed the example of the glass. Uh, pure water is clean. And if you stir it up, it's still pure because there's nothing at the bottom. But if there's something at the bottom, it appears clean. But as soon as you stir it up, you will see that the water is dirty. It's the same thing with God's peace. If this peace exists, it will be examined, it will be checked uh, by losing and gaining, uh, by blessings and curses. When people bless us and curse us, if they bless us and we begin to become arrogant, everything will become dirty. If we are cursed and we are bitter and angry, then everything will become dirty. This will show that you did not have God's peace. And so to examine your heart as to whether the peace of God is governing in it, 
is possible by the ability to be a peacemaker. This characterizes us as the sons of God. This identifies us as the sons of God, as it is written, Blessed are, are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed, when it's talking about blessed, blessed is the peacemaker. Sometimes this word can be written a little bit different depending on the translation of the Bible. But And so Matthew 5, 9. Six signs by which we need to judge of our belonging to the sons of peace have already been the subjects of our study, and we stopped to study the seventh. And this is our ability to clothe our essence, ourselves, into the holy, all of our essence, our spirit, soul, and body, into the holy and selective love of God. And we clothe ourselves by the confessions of the faith of our heart. We catch ourselves with the words of our mouth. And we become a net of the kingdom of heaven. We catch ourselves first into this net. <clears throat> you are caught by the words of your mouth that is written. And so if our words are corresponding to the truth that is written in our heart, if this truth is written in the Bible and, and it's not in your heart, you will not catch yourself into the nets of the kingdom of heaven. You'll catch yourself into, net, uh, into nets of the evil one and these uh, nets of the evil one are presented as nets of of the light of the kingdom of God. God, the devil doesn't want people to pay a price. He doesn't want people to know that their sins can be washed uh, by the blood of Christ upon the condition if the the truth of the blood of uh, of Christ and the truth of the cross of Christ are collaborating with one another, because the truth about the blood is the key. Or the, the truth about the cross is the key to the blood. And so the, the truth about the blood uh, is washing of our sins and the teaching of the cross is, a separ- is separating from uh, from uh, the producer of sin within ourselves. And so it's very important to understand that if we have not clothed ourselves into God's love, then we don't have God's peace. Because the scriptures say, above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The peace of God can rule in our hearts when when we clothe ourselves into God's love, agape, put it on. And so this peace of God, we are called to this peace in one body, and we're called to be thankful. Be friendly, in other words, be thankful. In this case, it would be being friendly with one. Behave yourself in a way... Uh, as a friend who loves his neighbor. And so friend is not something you can call just anyone. You can't have a lot of friends as it is. Christ calls himself a friend. God called Abraham his friend. You see who can be a friend in this case, who in nature is like God's nature. He's perfect as God is perfect. He shines his sun upon the righteous and unrighteous as God does. He pours out his rains upon the righteous and unrighteous as God does. And so this is what it means to be a friend or who do you, who are you a friend to or how can you be identified as one? And so he shines the sun and gives warmth and caresses uh, people who are righteous. He allows them to live 
peacefully so they can bear fruit. But the wicked that were previously holy but then resisted God and said, well, I don't I think this way, I have my own opinions. They have refused to acknowledge God's authority and that he himself can reveal the truth. They have decided for themselves that they're able to understand the truth. Then the wicked he burns with his son and he floods with his rains. And we ourselves are called to be the same. And so six of the signs have already been components of our study. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Second Peter 1, 2 through 8. This is the truth that is presented in the format of the selective love of God by the apostles and prophets, and it presents the unchanging qualities of God. This is God's nature, this is God's heart, and in these seven components, we see the the heart of our Heavenly Father. We are called to have the very same state of heart. It's not given to you freely. We're, We're given the seed freely. And then we need to pay the price for the seed so that it can die. Because the seed is identified with us. When we accept it, it identifies with us. It becomes, we become the seed, uh, we unite with it. And so now you need to do something with the seed because the seed carries a program and you need to open up, uh, unpackage this program. And so every seed carries the program of any fruit that that you got it from. And so if you plant the seed of an apple, you're not going to have a pear tree or a mandarin tree. You will have a, an apple tree. And this will be the fruit of the tree of life. Every seed, again, it's not that when you plant the seed that one apple will grow from it. It will grow, a tree will grow from it that will bear much fruit. And so this seed that was sown by us, there are a lot of promises that grow and they're without number. And so when you grow the seed into the tree of life, there will be all of God's promises will be there. That will be our inheritance. This, these will be our children. These will be our descendants. And so in a specific format of the seven given characteristics of virtue that united identify the goodness of God in our heart, we have already studied five characteristics and have been studying the sixth. This is the calling to demonstrate the unearthly power of brotherly love that comes from godliness. Having this great noble component in demonstrating brotherly love in our faith moves us from the state, and this is literally moves us from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life. We know, we don't feel, we don't uh, suspect, and no knowledge, this knowledge where it says we know, it comes from the written word, or the preached word, written word that's preached. Uh, these are not preached these words are not preached by a person that we elect, but from people whom God has placed, in, and one He has anointed, given His wisdom, given His ability, so that they can live as Christ lived, so that people can see them and would be able to imitate them. If there are not such people that you can imitate, we will never be able to become perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Only through these people 
whom God uh, brings to such a condition and this happens in the body of Christ uh, having them experience trials and sorrow and rejection and mockery uh, and and whether they are cursed or blessed they are uh, at peace <clears throat> they're not arrogant when they're when they're praised and they're not angry when they're someone speaks against them my aunt used to always tell me uh, never ever praise someone because because they may uh, become arrogant we're called to uh, we're called to uh, compliment one another praise one another in in the proper way and so when we that in this way we're blessing one another what does it mean praise that means to uh, to thank Tank, to thank people when someone thanks you for something if you God's, have God's love you'll have God's peace and hearing this thanksgiving from someone you will not become arrogant when someone is thanked for something and if they don't have God's peace they will absolutely become be, begin to boast and uh, are, are, are arrogant about the pompous they, they do everything that someone uh, say something to them about them and for them <clears throat> we know that we have passed from death to life. It turns out that if a person is born from God, he is in death. He has not passed into life yet. We talked about this. Why? Because he was born, the new person is born in our mortal body and in our mortal soul. We now have, we now in this body have something new. Uh, and we're ta not talking about a physical new heart. We're talking about a a spiritual heart, a, a, the spirit. And this spirit that is born, it has the life of God. And our soul and our body continue to remain corrupt and mortal. And now we are in death. The job of the new person is to put life into our soul and our body. And for our body to be able to become incorrupt, it, we need to first save our soul so that she go uh, experience death and rise in the resurrection of Christ. We need to eliminate the power of our carnal mind so that we can obtain the mind of Christ. And we have passed from death to life. We pass only when we leave spiritual infancy when we die for our nation, the house of our father, and for our destructive way of life. That is when we pass from death to life. That is when we are able to love the brethren. You can't love your brothers if you have not passed from death to life. And furthermore, it says, <clears throat> he who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. First John 3, 14, 15. <clears throat> and so a murderer is hatred this is hatred that comes from jealousy a person even though he's born again he will still be jealous of his neighbor constantly he will be continuously jealous he'll think that he or she will think that they're more attractive than they are more successful even if it's not true but they'll be jealous but if they are truly more successful or more attractive, then 
And so this then brings forth jealousy and, and then hatred. And so for this not to happen, it is necessary for us to pass from death to life. It is necessary for us to hate our soul with all of its uh, connections and clinging to its nationality, to its family, to the house, and, and to its own desires. And so, relevant to this, as with the previous components of the virtue of God in His unique for us goodness, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith in the seven characteristics of virtue, it was necessary for us to answer four, four classical questions. What do the scriptures say about the power of brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What purpose is the power of brotherly love called to fulfill, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? What conditions do we need to fulfill? so that we receive power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith. And in a specific format, we already looked at these three questions and have been studying question four. By what science can we examine ourselves as to whether we are demonstrating brotherly love in our faith? And not its counterfeit or a falsified version of it. Truly, we are uh, demonstrating love and not just a uh, counterfeit form of it, a look-alike. A person can hate and still smile and, and shake his hand. And so you can be respectful, but the respect may not be in love, and or it can be in love, depending on the situation. We have already studied the first six signs by which we can identify the essence of a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love that moves us from death to life. Therefore, we will immediately begin studying the seventh sign. And so this fitting form of praise, again, we've studied already six signs of it and have been studying the seventh sign. This is by the presence of unearthly joy upon the ways of the testimonies of the Holy Spirit and by delight in the statutes of the Almighty. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on, on your percepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Psalm 119, 14 through 16. We ask the question, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that our heart may be filled with upright joy? that we proclaim every single time we finish our service according to the given place of scripture to grow the kingdom of heaven within our heart in the fruit of upright joy is only possible when you receive the Holy Spirit in the form of the Lord and master of your life the given sign by which we can determine the essence of a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love consists in five components that unified have a miraculous balance with one another as they flow one from the other and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. This is first joy upon the ways of the Lord's testimonies. Joy, true joy, upright joy, it can be obtained only upon the uh, ways of the Lord's testimonies, meditating on the percepts of the Lord, contemplating upon the way of the Lord, delighting yourself in His statutes, and keeping the word of the Lord in your memory. This is where you can obtain joy. First, 
Looking at the given five components, we conclude that joy upon the ways of the Lord will be impossible if we if we will not have the remaining four components. Second, if the given components will not be the possession of our heart, then this will mean that our prayer is not corresponding a fitting form of praise that comes from our heart within the atmosphere of brotherly love that moves us from death to life. That where we can uh, then have joy. If joy does not come about from these things, then that means our praise is not in accordance to a fitting form of praise. The first component of the given sign by which we need to determine the essence of a fitting form of praise coming from our good heart is called to consist in us discovering and examining upright joy upon the ways of the testimonies of the Lord. Two questions arise. By what criteria do we determine the ways of the Lord? upon which we are called to discover this joy because we are upon the uh, we are upon the ways of the lord and that's where we need to discover joy and by what criteria do we determine joy itself that will come about for, for us upon these ways of the lord the ways of the lord are words that come out of the mouth of god upon which god walks consisting of the testimonies of the holy spirit about the essence of the commandments and statutes of the Lord that are concealed within our heart, that when fulfilled bring us into the realization of the salvation of the soul and body. And so it's very important to understand where the ways of the Lord are. They consist of discipline of the word that identified the essence of the statutes of the Lord the essence of the commandments, the revelations in the heart. And it is the fulfillment of these commandments uh, bring us, lead the, to the salvation of our uh, soul and body, bring lead us to this joy to understand what these ways of the Lord are. The ways of the Lord are the truth in the heart, in the format of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ that consists of the 12 foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem, the 12 pearly uh, gates that lead into this New Jerusalem, and the 12 fruits of the tree of life, the 12 stones also of the breastplate of the high priest. When we build ourselves, we're talking about the ways of the Lord here. We achieved them through prayer. The salvation of our soul and our body itself is presented in oath promises of God which we can and are called to know by obeying the preached to us word by the messengers of God. We need to not forget that the ways of the testimonies of the commandments and statutes of the Lord are the ways of light in the format of the word that comes out of the mouth of God upon which God himself walks. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1.7 The phrase, I have rejoiced in the ways of your testimonies, as much as in all riches, means that the ways consisting of the word that comes out of the mouth of God, upon which God Himself walks, are called to lead us into the joy of our Lord. God rejoices upon His ways. His ways are the words that come out of His mouth. They are light. Walking upon these ways, within the boundaries of His words, He rejoices. 
he made himself a servant of his own words and he fulfills only his word and he fulfills it within the boundary of our body because it is sent into our body sent for our body this is who is he who he has addressed his word to joy of the lord itself is demonstrated in the pure imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of christ that is concealed within our heart in the format of the truth of the elementary teaching of christ which provides god with legitimate grounds to keep keep it for us in heaven <clears throat> according to the words of scripture this imperishable inheritance that is ready to be revealed in the last days is only going to happen by the faith of our heart confirmed by the means of the grown by us fruit of righteousness and furthermore only for that category of saints who have concealed within their heart the imperishable inheritance of Christ in the format of the elementary teaching of Christ it will be ready to be revealed in the last time so that they would be able to partake in this imperishable inheritance that was withheld from prior generations of saints they knew about this inheritance they accepted it but they could not obtain perfection and the reason is so that they not receive it without us it's not talking about a perfection we're called to uh, in the Heavenly Father it's talking about a perfection of the promise to come to the perfection uh, to to be able to partake in the promise and they couldn't because they weren't uh, living in the last days so that our bodies would be able to be clothed into incorruption or they understood that time had not yet come and so they died with that faith and with hope trusting that before the Lord comes for his bride he will resurrect them in their incorrupt bodies and we who remain will be changed in the blink of an eye and together with them we will still live here on earth we won't be raptured immediately when Jesus resurrected together with him many saints resurrected with him together with him starting from Adam and ending with the prophets and kings that feared God those and so in some way she obtained uh, Mary as we talk about Mary the mother of Jesus her parents would told her stories she was from a family of priests and they would tell her the meaning of the law the five books and there it was shown uh, the grace was shown there the law was not uh, grace but it did demonstrate that grace that was there it was present there and the prophets and people who feared God they were clothed into this and these are the ones who resurrected this was the first sheave and they resurrected together with Christ and uh, went into the cities and actually made themselves known to many but they could not be uh, resurrected <clears throat> before Christ of course only when uh, and in the 40th day while he was still on earth and within the span of 40 days these people who resurrected came to their families and their relatives can you imagine what was happening with these relatives when suddenly the door was open and they saw their mother that they had buried for example 
and they recognized her but she wasn't the one that they bear she didn't she was not in appearance uh of as how they buried her she was a young and beautiful woman and her face shined with glory and in the eyes were god's love and great power that's how people will be that will be resurrected uh, from the dead they will all be young their bodies new bodies will not be old and we we when we put on incorruption we also will immediately cast off of ourselves uh, this this age any maybe excessive weight uh, illnesses these will be uh, beautiful and wonderful bodies and only in the 40th day when Christ was uh, taken to heaven this category also left earth with him and so we are called to this category we are part of that first category there the part of part of the saints are already in heaven we need to understand that we are in this in the last days and we need to not so much look at hunger or or the de devaluation of the dollar or, or or the currency of other other countries we need to not look at wars because these are just harvests of what people have sown we don't need to take sides when people are fighting with one another this is the harvest for the one and the other and we need to lift our heads because our deliverance is close God will find he has his means he has his he 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 has what he needs to save his own within these kinds of times he'll give them the ability the wisdom and he will save them and so as we've noted God's word that comes out of his mouth and God walks within the boundaries of his very word and he does not do anything out of the boundaries of his word we are called to ask him only for what is within the boundaries of his word that's written in our heart and so according to the words of scripture this imperishable inheritance that is ready to be revealed in the last days only only by the faith of our heart is confirmed by the means of the grown by us fruit of righteousness blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead he bore us uh, he had begotten us as it says here to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials and so these trials are often necessary to test our faith that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to praise honor glory 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, uh, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, you yet believe, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This this place of scripture, by faith is information. We know that our soul now is saved. How do how can I determine that? By my ability, uh, by the ability of my renewed mind. That doesn't say, well, I have my own opinion. I don't agree. I have my own way of thinking. But this is for those who prepare their heart to listen and with their mind. Uh, the mind says, I will, I will bend my knee. I will incline and listen to what is said. And so this is then, if our mind was the harsh Saul, if you remember this, harsh Saul who persecuted, who pursued David, but now he has become, he has been converted to his grandson who is, as you remember, disabled, but sitting at the table of David and looked looked at David with favor and joy and said, I am not worthy to sit at this table. That is how our mind needs to be changed. And so this is how our mind can be when we die in the, resur- in the, in the death of the Lord Jesus. We no longer trust in our mind we don't we don't rely on the opinions of our mind or the things we've studied or our wife has studied or someone else if something's not clear each one goes into their own room and prays and says lord i understand that my mind can make mistakes i I, I, I think that i'm correct here but i may make mistakes we're talking about everyday things even <clears throat> And sometimes there's just disagreements and in everyday things. One sees this to be correct, the other the something different. And so you say, Lord, I my mind can make mistakes. My mind is not as it was before, and I'm ready to receive from you whatever you say and do it. And so the, both the husband and wife do this in their own room, and we do this. I do this with my wife, and we avoid many problems that could arise because we are children of God and we needed to uh, break this dominant thing within ourselves, this presence of dominance. And I trust that uh, many who listen also have this and experience this and or, and or want this and will do it. to examine yourself as to whether you are upon the ways of the testimonies of the Lord upon which God himself walks is to be done by upright joy within your heart not a saddened heart a a sorrowful heart but an upright a, a heart that has upright joy capable of doing good like medicine to our essence during any trials and sorrows called to test our faith a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 17.22 One of the signs by which we can determine in ourselves the presence of the fruit of upright joy is our joyful heart <clears throat> in the form of our joyously burning lamp 
that will serve as a, med- a, med- a medicinal property healing and restoring our faith and our trust in the Word of God. A broken spirit in this case is the result of a hard heart that is controlled by the arrogance of the unrenewed mind where there is no foundation for the atmosphere of upright joy, which deprives God of the legitimate foundation he needs to do good for man like medicine who has a broken spirit and to determine in ourselves the essence of the fruit of unearthly joy, as well as the ways upon which we need to grow it in the form of the tree of life that bears fruit of righteousness. I will remind us the qualities of unearthly joy and what purpose is contained in the wellspring of unearthly joy. In scripture, the quality and character that is contained in the word joy is when it comes to prayer, a commandment, a decree, strict instructions, and a strict order that can't you can't deviate from. If violated, the verdict is death or a certain severing of your relationship that is contained in a covenant with God. Apostle Jude, summing up his short book to the Church of Christ, identified the fruit of joy and something sig- as something significant. This is something that is a sure component of the kingdom of heaven presented in our salvation in Christ Jesus. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, Jude 1.24. According to this place of scripture, we conclude that fault in joy deprives God of legitimate grounds upon which he can keep us from stumbling into hell that he can place us before his glory faultless with exceeding joy. The glory of God itself abides exclusively within the atmosphere of upright joy and is a demonstration of it. Fault in joy is a mark or defect identifying impurity within our heart, abomination and deceit, not having become free of such fault by denying your nation, the house of your father, and your life in the flesh will not be allowed into we will not be allowed into the new Jerusalem but there shall by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written into the lamb's book of life revelations 21:27 identifying the wellspring of upright joy and inherent to this joy its natural qualities in scripture we conclude that the fruit of upright joy are not emotions but the informational program of God that is concealed in the seed of the Word of God that is preached by His messengers, which consists in discipline of the renewed mind and meek heart, called to make itself known in our meek or gentle mouth that is disciplined by the truth that is concealed within our heart. Upright joy in prayer can only come from the upright from the upright heart of a man that is that is the state that he is in and the demonstration of the state in his thoughts, words, and actions. And also in garments and clothing. By someone's clothing, you can say much. How a person clothes themselves and what they put on.
Third, if the atmosphere of upright joy will abide within our heart, then our prayers will also demonstrate the quality of this unearthly joy in the words of the faith of God that are concealed within our heart. We need to note or to differentiate earthly or regular joy demonstrating itself in our emotions from supernatural joy that have that has its distinctive roots in God, has its distinctive wellspring in God and its distinctive origin in, in God. By themselves, these two forms of joy are two programs that resist one the other and exclude one the other as they come from two different wellsprings, God and the fallen cherubim. Six, the heart of a person is a programmable system and that nature of joy that a person will choose or prioritize will be the one he is clothed into and the one that will rule within his essence. <clears throat> if we prioritize earthly joy, then it will first be the means by which we measure our relationship with God and second will suppress and oppress unearthly joy. If we will prioritize joy that comes from above, then it will also be the means by which we measure our relationship with God. I will remind us that because of its supernatural nature, supernatural joy is not possible to test or sense with your physical abilities. As unlike earthly joy, it is not the result of an emotion or a feeling that boosts your physical and fleshly mood. Supernatural joy is a component of the kingdom of heaven within our heart, as it is written, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14.17. Joy is a component of the kingdom of heaven within man. According to the given statement, upright joy is an informational program of the kingdom of heaven which is called to make itself known in the discipline of our renewed mind, in the humbling of our will and our heart. It will perform peace within our heart and will lead our feelings as a horse of battle. Unearthly joy leads our feelings. If our feelings are obedient and will follow, they will also experience this joy. Supernatural joy is called to make itself known in our heart in love for righteousness, and its carriers, and hatred for lawlessness and its carriers, so that we understand what supernatural joy is. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, therefore, and you can love and, and hate them only in its carry in their carriers. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Hebrews one nine. The Holy Spirit is the joy of the heavenly Father, and God anoints with the Holy Spirit one who has loved righteousness in carriers of righteousness and hated lawlessness in carriers of lawlessness. When our emotions will be disciplined with bridles of gen- with the bridle of gentleness or meekness consisting in the discipline of our renewed mind and our will that is placed in dependence of the truth that is concealed within our heart, then our feelings will be able to sense all of the goodness and medicine of our joyful heart that will become a wellspring of our unearthly joy focused on eternal life. In this way, the demonstration of upright joy in prayer is called to make itself known in our gentle or meek mouth that confesses the faith of God that is concealed within our good heart 
that in power is called to be equal in power to the words that come out of the mouth of God with its streams that come from the entrails of our heart directed toward eternal life to the heart of our Heavenly Father. According to the, re- to the revelation of Scripture, upright joy as an unchanging component called to identify the essence of our continual prayer is one of the unchanging qualities and names of God Himself. This is also one of the qualities of the born-from-God children who can only receive the qualities of upright joy in the seed of the Word of Grace and the individual Holy Spirit. And when we receive the seed, only after that can it be grown into the seed of the Kingdom of Heaven, into the fruit of joy by the means of the discipline of our renewed mind, our will, and our gentle heart, and gentle or meek tongue. Therefore, supernatural joy in its origin as well as its demonstration is stable, continual, unchanging, and absolute, and it does not depend on uh, uh, earthly circumstances that relate to losses and gains of materialistic goods. Identifying earthly joy and earthly gladness, the scriptures state this, that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment, Job 25. Earthly joy can be, but it is short. And only for a moment, even in laughter, the hearts may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. Proverbs 14.13 Regarding people with an unclean heart and hands that filled Zion back then and continue to do so today, Apostle James writes, Lament and born and uh, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Therefore, for trusting upon earthly joy that people choose over joy that is supernatural, God will bring them to judgment because they try to with music and song and create this physical uh, good mood and also specific words rejoice why you're not happy why are you not smiling why are you let us shout together let us say something together who's louder who will clap more things like that and so joy is not this joy is not demonstrated like this and when people take this earthly joy and replace it with unearthly joy. The scriptures say that God will bring these people to judgment. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these God will bring you into judgment. Ecclesiastes 11.9 Looking at this At the unique wisdom of Scripture identifying unearthly joy, we conclude that it can come about and abide only within the heart of a man that is born from the imperishable seed of the word of truth called to grow the seed into the fruit of righteousness. And for this purpose it is necessary in the death of the Lord Jesus to die by the law for the law so that we can receive the power to the right to live for the one that died for us and resurrected. To examine yourself on the presence of the fruit of upright joy is to be done by our partaking to the body of Christ, which upon practice means to be placed into Christ or be a member of a church in the form of the good wife that possesses the virtue of a narrow gate. And as the wellspring of upright joy is God himself, then it is specifically God who is the example and means identifying the quality and nature of upright joy within our heart.
Due to this, upright joy upon the ways of the testimonies of the Lord are not just the ways upon which God walks, but also the qualities of God and His atmosphere in which God abides and also one of the glorious names that He triumphs with over His enemies. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43, 4, 5. And so to trust in God, the, tr- the soul can't understand the f- senses of the spirit. And then David tells his soul, he begins to tell his soul, while we think the soul doesn't hear you need to tell her and when we with our mouth turn to our soul and and talk to her say why are cast down my soul and why are you disquieted within me for I will yet praise him and when we say this then our soul begins to uh, join you uh, instead of doing its own thing she herself the, the soul is not able to connect with the Holy Spirit it can connect with the, the Spirit, and then our Spirit connects with the Holy Spirit and is clothed into this joy. And so we need to tell with words. When we speak these words, we know this information, it's in our heart. And when we speak this information, our soul begins to uh, become alive. We've noted that the method by which the fruit of unearthly joy is grown, necessary for worshiping in spirit and in truth, is paying the price which is denying your nation, the house of your father, and the destructive desires of your carnal life. Therefore, the means and methods by which the fruit of unearthly joy is grown, necessary for worshiping in spirit and in truth, consists in legitimate prayer that is inherent to kings, priests, and prophets. It is specifically the discipline of legitimate prayer that is the way to God and the means of fellowship with God, and God is the wellspring of joy. Going to the cross, Jesus turned to the Father, praying, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. John 17:13. And so, being bleeding and in fear, he did not lose this upright joy. It, because this upright joy is not in the soul. His soul was shaking from fear, but his spirit had this joy and made this unearthly joy that I have. My followers, my students, may they be fulfilled with, be filled with it. Furthermore, Jesus instructed his disciples that they have within themselves his perfect joy. He taught them that they may receive his grace and receive it by turning to the Father in prayer using his name. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. John uh, 16.24 Ask the Heavenly Father in my name, in the name of Jesus Christ, and then your joy will be full. This is don't. This doesn't mean ask for joy. Ask for the fulfillment of God's promises. And when you ask for the fulfillment of God's promises in, in my name, then God will fulfill those promises and then you will be filled with my joy. What promises? When we ask God that He fulfill these promises for us and we count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, 
and we proclaim, we confess the not-existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent. We in this way then receive, we grow it, and we receive unearthly joy, which is a sign then that we have passed from death to life, and we love the brethren. Amen. Let us bend our knees and our heads and pray, preparing our heart for this great uh, communion service. Anyone who wants to resist sin, wants to resist fear, hunger, illness, we wait for you here at the altar so that our hearts can be prepared for this great communion. Let us pray. May the Lord bless us. be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that the Lord is on your side he's not against you although you have fallen you have sinned he continues to love you because he said the righteous will fall seven times but rise again upon the way to perfection we will fall but the fact that we will count ourselves dead to sin living for God and we will continue to confess God's faith within our heart God will bring us to this perfection and his joy will be perfect in us pray together with me this is your eyes your eyes are closed this is your secret room and lift your hands to god this is testimony that it, they're without wrath or doubt heavenly father in the name of jesus christ i come to you i open up my heart that you may see the wounds that are inflicted by sin because of my lusts because of my passions that i hate and that I, until this time, can't be free from. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, deliver me from these lusts and passions that live within my body. I believe in your words. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in your blood. And right now, before heaven and hell, I accept into my heart your justification, your healing, and your salvation and right now before heaven and hell I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words I am washed I am cleansed I am healed I am restored I am justified and I am saved your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ may the Lord bless you may he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessings of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills 
may this be upon you and upon your children and be fulfilled upon you and the nation shall say Amen the Lord is faithful to his words and right now he has delivered you he has blotted out your sins before his face and so you can rejoice regardless of what your feelings say let us sing a song the Lord has performed a victory Let us uh, listen to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and lower. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup, it is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and not his neighbor, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Not judging our neighbor, but ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Please be seated. 
And so, according to this place of scripture, to partake in this great mystery is something that can be done by every person that has received Jesus as their personal Savior and has confirmed this with the baptism of water. Our children, until they're 16 years old, this does not apply. They don't need to be baptized until the, uh, to be able to receive the communion because the Lord does not account into them as he, do, as he does to uh, adults for those who are older who bear responsibility for their actions. Let us stand and we will pray for the bread. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the broken body in the form of this bread when it will be passing by your people and we will take of it and eat of it. May the power of your life come and may it trample death and destroy it in our body. May our bodies be healed by taking part in and eating of this bread. We thank you for your healing in your body and we worship before it our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The row that is approached, please stand. And he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. When Jesus broke the bread after his resurrection, the disciples recognized him. Breaking of the bread is humility before God's will. This is acknowledging that specifically our sins broke the body of Christ and he died for our sins and he rose resurrected because for our justification for as often as you eat this bread or you drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Although we we proclaim the Lord's death, this is the joy of our Lord. This is not sorrow. He told his disciples, rejoice. And so the communion of the Lord is joy. It is not the sorrow of our, of our heart. This is joy, obeying God's commandment. We're doing what the Lord commanded us. He took physical bread, that is the secondary word of God, and he took it and said, this is my body 
taking one of the loaves, he said, eat it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And by taking part in the body of Christ, we are called to receive physical healing from our illnesses upon the condition that we are eating this body worthily. And worthily eating is, first of all, discerning the Lord's body. The body of the Lord is the church. He is the head of the church. And when we discern the Lord's body about the church of Christ, how she is, what it means for us, because only being a partaker of the body of Christ can the Lord be our king. Only by being a partaker of the body of Christ can he be our heavenly father. And a body that is the has the virtue of the good wife. If you don't have a church that has the virtue of a good wife, you need to leave such a church. Leave this mausoleum, because there are churches today where they just have groups of, of uh, that all they do is uh, dance and, and, and do other things and in such ways that others are even jealous of. We, of course, do not uh, do the one or the other. We don't shout to prove that we're happy, but we're also not in sorrow because the Lord showed us the difference. And so that's a price that you need to pay uh, to be heeded. And so as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In one of his psalms that was sung during the Passover feast, David said these words. This is the first psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so only a man who can be blessed is one that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let us stand, and we will pray for the cup. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the cup of the new covenant that is poured out for the forgiveness of sins when it shall be passing by your people and we will drink of it. May it bring us your healing and your bliss. We trust you, our souls, our bodies, our spirits. We thank you that you have blotted out our sins with this blood before your face. We worship before the cup of the covenant, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. That row that is approached, please stand. And as you had assisted one another, one another in taking of the bread, you will please assist one another in taking of the cup. The cup is Christ who was slain for us, one cup for all generations and for all times. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I want to immediately note uh, that when it's saying blessed, blessed is the man, the man is also our sisters because when it says blessed, blessed is the man, it includes children, it includes adults, it includes all nationalities, it includes all genders, both genders, the both male and female gender, because there's no male or female gender in Christ Jesus. Why does do the scripture say blessed is the man, blessed is the one that confesses the faith of his heart? When we confess the faith of our heart and the word is the seed, when we confess it, then we all together, men or women, children, uh, elderly, whomever you may be, you are fulfilling the male function at this time. But when we hear the word and we accept it, then we all together, without exception, are uh, fulfilling the function of the female uh, function, the function of the female. Why do the scriptures here note uh, men, uh, state men? It's not talking about a literal man, it's talking about what a man is in Jesus Christ. Sometimes it calls us all daughters of Zion, sometimes it calls us a man of God or blessed is the man. And so if God created men and women in his likeness and image, that means that in God he has the quality of the male and the quality of the female. He has the function of the male and the female. God in the same way, just as a woman, the function of a woman, he hears the word and he accepts it. He hears his words and he accepts them. He begins to walk within the light of these words. And it is the same thing, the function of the male, he confesses his words. And so as often as we confess the word of God and we, and so we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup. Blessed is the Lord our God, who has given to us victory in Jesus Christ, in his shed blood. If there's someone who may have been accidentally passed by, please stand. If not, I will ask everyone to stand, and we will proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>